Hello, I'm Steve Evans. And I'm Alex Crow. In Talk of the Times this week, we're going to try to make sense of the turmoil in Parliament. New allegations seemingly emerged by the day, with the most serious being the rape allegation against the Attorney General Christian Porter. He denies the allegation. And Brittany Higgins's allegation that she was raped by a Liberal staffer. There's no doubt that the Prime Minister is under pressure. We're joined by our star columnist Jenna Price of the ANU. And by our star political reporter Sally White. Sally, it's been another big week on the Hill. Where do we stand? I think the best way to sum up where we stand at the end of the week is that the Prime Minister is on the defensive and is facing a situation that he is not in control of, which as a political leader is not where you want to be. This week, the continuation of allegations of really poor conduct in Parliament House have continued and it continues a sense that it is a place with a culture where MPs face no consequences, where some staffers who feel like they have a lot of power face no consequences or act as if they expect to face no consequences and that it is an incredibly exclusionary culture where only if you are in the club that drinks hard, plays hard and plays the game in a very specific way, particular to a particular group of males, they're the only people that get ahead is the feeling at the moment. And Jenna, when we asked you to come up and speak about sexism inside Parliament, you said you were ready to voice your despair. Can you tell us what you meant by that? I guess for me what I see uh, constantly is... um First of all, not enough women getting there, so the culture is very male, and, and Sally's already spoken at length about that. But also the fact that some parties are very resistant to change. You know, we've had a year of remote working. We now need to get Parliament to work remotely so that people can be in their communities. Let's cut the amount of sitting time we have, get people to work remotely, make sure we can have voting online, and then we will eventually change the culture in the House Before that, we have to change the culture in the Liberal Party, which won't even pre-select women. Quotas are the only way to make it happen. In fact, I would argue that Liberal, any party should have to have enforceable undertakings with the Australian Electoral Commission to pre-select 50% women and to put those women into safe seats, not just marginal seats where they're running around like crazy people having to get the job done. That's a different issue, though, isn't it? The issue... The, the issue behind the immediate tumult is very serious allegations denied of two rapes. That's right. There is a bigger issue about representation, but the specific cause of this furore is two allegations of rape. So the specific cause of this furore is desperate inequality, and it is um, manifested by the fact that you've got very few women and lots of men a particular kind of man, in fact, I would say that, um, how did they describe it? The big swinging dick guys. So if you have fewer of those people, then you are going to have um, more people who actually want to get governing done. One of the most shocking things about this whole thing to me is, apart from the allegations of rape, but the kind of people, that incident of Boys, let's call them boys, masturbating on a woman's desk. Cause that is it. That's solo what sex it, acts. <laughs> solo sex act. Why are we getting so prim about this? You know, 
there is an issue of why is the centre of government employing children in men's bodies? I have seen photos of those um, people and I would say to you that they are not children in, in men's bodies, they're men, and they're men who are behaving in a way which is obviously acceptable in their communities. That is why we need to put those people out. Can I also just say here that when we have staffers hired in the way they are now, which is, you know, behind closed doors, hire and fire at will, their names are never listed anywhere, we don't know their phone numbers, we don't know their CVs, we don't know their histories, you are going to choose the wrong kind of person. The whole thing needs a great dose of sunlight and disinfectant. We don't want to conflate the serious allegations of sexual assault with some of the other cultural issues, but they cannot be seen as separate. They exist in this ecosystem of a terrible culture that disrespects women. And or disrespect actually implies that there is some kind of active it's a complete like pushing aside and non-acknowledgement of of women and so it exists in this culture where people think that they can get away with all this behavior it is not helpful for people to think this was a one-off terrible completely out of the ordinary event because it was part of a culture and part of a continuum of disrespect and disregard, that's why this whole debate, we're about almost five weeks in, I believe, started with a really shocking allegation of of rape. And now we are having this wider conversation about representation and quotas because we need to change the culture of a system where that was able to happen seemingly without consequences. I 100% agree with what Sally says. This is a continuum. We urgently need a return to the bonk ban. We urgently need a return... We urgently need an imposition of a banning of solo sex actors and we need a whole new dose of furniture. And when I say furniture, I mean the cultural furniture. Sure, but get real, you know, a bonk ban. People get drunk and they dance around each other in consensual ways. I know it from my women friends and the way I've met people and they've met me. And that's the way that relationships happen. Sex is a mucky old dance. Well, I don't know. I mean, things improved when Malcolm Turnbull imposed the bonk ban. Of course, then he got done for imposing the bonk ban. I just think we need to have a really realistic view about how our government can function and if we can't have a bunch of if we can't hire a bunch of people who can keep their hands out of other people's pants at work then I think we've got a real problem. To look for examples of the private sector which is and I'm meaning like the the big banks the big executives these big companies is probably the the closest peer in a professional sense to Parliament House and you do see CEOs of major companies in Australia who have relationships with people more junior people in their organizations direct reports or not direct reports who find themselves obviously in the private sector they find themselves without a job but with a very cushy handout but the private sector has sent a message to their executives that this is not acceptable. So I don't see necessarily why Parliament is any different. Well, Sally, you've been up at Parliament all week. Has the atmosphere seemed to have changed at all? Are there noticeable changes in behaviour? 
after the Prime Minister's press conference on Tuesday, there was a real sense of exasperation and frustration from women in the press gallery. He held this press conference. He was very emotional. He started to seem like he was getting it. And then in answer to a question from a journalist from Sky News, sort of hit back. We saw the the Scott Morrison that we're, we're used to seeing, who can be quite combative, which, you know, in politics is generally seen as a, a good thing. And he hit back with saying that there was an allegation within News Corp, which it turns out from a statement that we got from News Corp later that day that he had it all wrong and caused a lot of a lot of pain in, in the process and showed that allegations of assault can be weaponised, which is what women fear in that place. In what sense was it weaponised? He didn't name the person. All he was saying was, don't you come at me, matey, because I know that you've got the problem in your organisations, which that seems is, to me to be that a That is weaponising. That is exactly weaponising. And Jenna has a hand up. <laughs> I just thought it was disgraceful. And I just don't think we can have our personal stories dragged out for the um, Prime Minister to... But they weren't, but they weren't dragged out. No names were named. Everyone in... But that's the thing. They say no names are named, but... And we talk about this in our reporting all the time, is that often we talk about identifying people without naming them, uh, that people But can, she wasn't identified. To a lot of people, these people were identified, is the point. How so? because people who already know about things in that place, that's the problem with Parliament House is that there's so much gossip going on, is that people do know what's going on and that people are identified. And there has been reporting in the few days since. If people already knew about it, he wasn't identifying them. They already knew. It was horrific. He was making that woman feel unsafe. I mean, we already have trouble reporting workplace sexual harassment, pregnancy harassment, sexual assault... Uh, and other kinds of attacks on our being. We already feel um, so at risk, so unsafe, extremely emotional. And that's one of the things that stops us, stops women getting justice. And here's this woman, I don't even know what happened, but, you know, some terrible shit going down and her life is being dragged all over the court, all over the Prime Minister's press conference again. I think, Steve, it points to a little bit of a... I've got my issues to deal with, with these bloody women. You've got your own bloody women to deal with, so don't point the finger at me, mate. There's a little bit of that going on. Well, no, all I'm saying is journalists on their high horse can be ridiculous, and there's a little bit of journalists pointing at the Prime Minister, and all the Prime Minister was doing was saying, have a look in your own house, get your own house in mate. order, mate. It's kind of like China saying to Australia, you're not perfect, so step off us without, like, let us get back to what we're doing in Xinjiang. You're not perfect, leave us alone. Both of you, now, is this a feeling that change is on the way? I do think there is a feeling that change is starting. It's always slow, and I think a special thing that I would like to say is that change is never finished and I really look forward to seeing what Kate Jenkins comes up with in her review of the uh, workplace cultures in Parliament. I am hopeful. Um, actually, am I really hopeful? You know, I got very, very excited when the first cases of Me Too, the ones in the US with Harvey Weinstein, I thought this is fantastic, change is coming. I'm still waiting. I, I keep hoping that change is coming, and I really hope that before I die... Change arrives, at least for my daughters and granddaughters, if I ever have any granddaughters. I'm sceptical that change is coming. I remember before the federal election how 
global warming was the issue. It was going to determine the election. It all changed. The message was getting through. Come the election, people voted with their wallets. And I look at a poll taken, admittedly, two weeks ago, which showed barely a dent in support for Scott Morrison. So I wonder whether this is a row in a bubble. I don't think it's a row in a bubble because I think we are now seeing women across Australia unite. It was interesting to me to see the wide range of women attending the marches. It was not just the traditional feminist marching, it was women from all walks of life and women across parties. A few women have talked to me who don't like the way they think it's become political and against the coalition. And I wonder whether out there, and remember, the coalition was voted in by the people, narrowly, but voted in by the people. It is not as though the women in the demonstration speak for the country. Scott Morrison has more claim to speak for the country. So I wonder whether out there this is quite as strong as you think it is. It's hard to know. I would say that... It's no longer just become about what's happening in the Liberal Party. You'll see that overnight there was a problem in the West Australian Labor Party. I mean, I think it's cross-party, but the thing is, I don't think it's just about politics. I think it's about women recognising they don't want to be serving in a shop and be groped. They don't want to have to turn down approaches from their boss. They just want to be able to work and live their lives in safety and security and respect. And I don't think that's too much to ask no matter what party is involved. Yeah, just 100% what Jenna said. I think that this is having an effect outside of the bubble or outside of people that are generally interested in politics because it speaks to women's experiences who are not in politics. They see what's happening up there and they are outraged by it because it's what's happening to them in their lives as well. Sally White, Dr Jenna Price. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you for listening to Talk of the Times this week. We will be back next Friday. I'm Alex Crow. And I'm Steve Evans.